When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Vendors, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. back to another episode of Habs Nightly. Um, it feels weird to say that this is the first loss in a while, but uh, it's the, about the only thing we have to talk about today is <laughs> the loss and it feels weird. Uh, but Mason, how are you, bud? I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah, you knew that one was coming, especially regardless of the four goal comeback. Once Winnipeg got up four, <laughs> you, you kind of knew you're like, okay, this is the game. The streak's going to get broken, but it was a yeah. good streak. First five game of streak since 2017. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, crazy it, after it you to be like last year. Last year was so like, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Um, I actually thought that we had a five goal win streak. Like, when I read that, that it, it's been since 2017, I was like, are you sure? Because we yeah, were like, nuts. fucking unstoppable last year. <laughs> Even, especially in the first the first like quarter of the season, the Habs went off to a flying start. So it was yeah, weird, weird that we didn't have a five game win streak. But uh, I think first of all, we just wanted to once again thank uh, Michael for coming on last episode. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. we really appreciated um, him coming on. I I know Mason noticed it, but if anybody felt like it was a bit rushed at the end, uh, I had lost track of time. Um, and that's kind of common when it comes down to, you know, having like a good per- personality on it just vibes well with us. Um, <clears throat> if you, some of y'all know, uh, Mardi Gras was going on down here and I anticipated, uh, having more time before my wife got home, we were supposed to go to the grocery store, which was something, uh, we should have definitely done before, uh, Mardi Gras week, but we just lost track of time. It didn't really find a way to do it so it just happened to be on the day we were recording and uh <laughs> about fucking 10 minutes before we ended it i had got a text message but i keep my phone on silent while we record and i just happened to look over at my phone and i saw i had a you know i had a text message i checked it and it's like i'll be home in like you know you know 
fucking 10, 15 minutes. Uh, when I, when I pull up your ass better get in the fucking car. Cause I'm tired. And I like realized what time it was. And I was like, Oh my God, she didn't catch any, any Mardi Gras traffic. <laughs> and she's home lightning fast. And I was like, I'm not about to get fucking yelled at. So uh, apologies if it's if it felt a little rush, especially to Michael. Cause like Michael was like, Oh man, anytime. And I was like, we'll see you guys later. We'll talk to you all next time. I gotta go. <laughs> but uh but yeah thank you michael to coming on uh hope you guys really enjoyed that episode it's always fun having someone as opinionated and just you know just a diehard Habs fan on uh just to talk with us but uh yeah man so mardi gras over so i don't have to deal with that anymore but festival season isn't so it's just more bullshit just a little bit less uh on top of each other yeah perfect um with that out of the way, how about we just hop straight into the game in Winnipeg? We're going to keep this one a little shorter today. Uh, yeah, as, as the Wednesdays tend to be. Yeah, Corey's a little tired, and I got to go pay off a fucking speeding ticket because I got hit by the most, the most bullshit unmarked car I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> Teal Honda Civic, but I'm not bitter. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Habs played Winnipeg. Got off to a fucking horrible start. Sam Montembeau, Montembeau, yeah, Montembeau, but it was Montembeau that night, uh, did not have a good game. But those first four goals, I really only think I blamed him for one, the one that went five hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, Corey, it was like you, a rocket from like the, like right inside the blue line. It was like, fucking Nate Schmidt and then too. <laughs> nobody, nobody in front of him. You know, if anything, I feel like maybe Montembeau's like, Oh, Jesus. Now I'm saying Montembeau is like, yeah, there's no way we're, you know, he's, he's, he's got the accuracy for this. And it was just a lightning fast release five hole, you know, uh, for a sec, I thought Kyle Connor might've tipped it, but I think even if he nicked it a little bit like that, that had to be a save. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't a great game from him. The Habs did a great job to battle back though. And that is not something we would have seen in the Dominic Ducharme era. They would have lost by 10. Montembeau would have been pulled way, way earlier. Um, Marty St. Louis let him ride it out. He didn't put Hammond in until it started to get a little ugly near the end. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I think it's fair to say the Habs outplayed Winnipeg. They got more shots on net. They have more possession. Even the deserve to win-o-meter, which is an analytical thing you can look (laughs) up. Money puck deserve to win-o-meter. It's great. They deserve to win that game. It was 66% in favor of them mm-hmm. uh just an unfortunate kind of game uh goaltending wise which is weird to say because we haven't had the goaltending even though goaltending hasn't been great this year we haven't had our goaltending lose much if any games for us this year so right. it was a uh, interesting to see the, the script flip but i first want to talk about before we get into any negative things Wow, is that first line good? Josh Anderson's mm. first career <laughs> NHL hat trick. That was a nice uh, cherry on top for kind of a shit game. But that, he was flying. That line was flying. They all got points again. It's crazy up- that uh, – and I, I hate that it, it, he's getting his chance because Toffoli's gone. But it was just a deadly, deadly line waiting to happen previously. It's just we had someone – that was just red hot, you know, last year. Uh, oh, I think they were like, it's perfect. They're all 
I think Caulfield gets a little underrated, but especially Suzuki has underrated wheels. They're all mm-hmm. fast. They're wicked fast. And Anderson and Caulfield are both goal scorers. It's what they do. And Caulfield this is, feeds them the puck. This is like, you know, 80s, 80s era Montreal. Just really fast. Like this line. I, I don't want to meet the entire team, but but this line reminds me so much of like that like legendary era for, for the Montreal Canadiens. Like just deadly fast and everyone is just a fucking wizard uh, when it comes to hands. But, I mean, if we look at last season, Josh Anderson was like the guy when games were out of hand, when he just took over games, like two gold nights, stuff like that. But, like, Josh Anderson gets the first one. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it's not going to be a shutout. Gets the second one off of the, the Caulfield uh, rebound, I believe. It was either Caulfield or Suzuki. And I'm like – Josh Anderson's putting the fucking team on his back. Like, I already know, you know, I wouldn't say I already knew the outcome of this game, but I was like, this game's about to get flipped. Like, oh, yeah, he was. He's on one tonight. And when he's on one, like, this team has, like, a superpower about him. (laughs) He gets, he kind of has the Joel Armia effect where he'll go Gretz Mia. You know, remember we talked about Gretz Mia every game or so. (laughs) And just. We haven't had a lot of Gretz Mia this year, unfortunately. Even though I think he played decently uh, against the Jets, he always seems to play a little better, but definitely a disappointing season. We haven't talked about him yet enough, but that's for a Sunday episode. We can dive into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had a Gretz Mia game, though, and he oh, he seems to do that a lot. If he has one point, it's usually a multi-point night with Josh Anderson. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that he's playing much more intelligently. He's not just driving to the net, playing the perimeter, right? cycling the puck, which is something Anderson does not, never did a lot of previously. He's making moves. He's using his hands and his big frame to get position in front of the net, to work guys, to wait until Caulfield, wait that extra second with the puck for Caulfield or Suzuki to get open. He's playing well off the puck. It's just that line has been really fun to watch and they all know, what to expect from each other. Listen, guys, I know that no one is safe right now, but Josh Anderson, the Habs are not. He's making a really good uh, like point as to why he should be kept. <laughs> he, Ken Hughes isn't calling teams with Josh Anderson on mm-hmm. in his mouth, right? Like Teams can call him for him, but Habs aren't chopping him. Right, and I think it could be fair to say that he he might even be making himself a decent bid for captaincy if he continues to play like mm-hmm. this and show the emotion that he showed. Um, yeah, I I want to keep talking about that, but first, just so it's not at the, the very end, I think we'll get it out of the way now. <laughs> we have a word from our sponsors at DraftKings. Absolutely, hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes 
with their first deposit. So always remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now if you haven't already. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 is the minimum age. Location requirements vary by your jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements at state-specific responsible gambling resources. Always void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. The song remains the same. Yeah, let's move on, Mason. Well, not move on. Let's, let's continue to where we were. Um, I'm glad we kind of – we haven't gotten to the final part of Josh Anderson. But the goal by Arturi Lekkanen right before the end of the fucking period was just lights out. Like, this became the game to watch the other night. And yeah, and – Continue. Oh, I was just going to say, I think – we owe Letkinen a lot. We got to talk about him decently in this episode. So before we even get to He's that. He's been playing we, tremendous. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, can we finish with Anderson first, though? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I just think I think Lecky deserves, instead of just a passing comment, like we need right. to have – I think that's going to be we, – we're only really going to have two things we talk about mm-hmm. this episode, and I think he deserves to be that second half because <laughs> he's been phenomenal. But on the subject of – possible captaincy and Josh Anderson. The Jets are not my favorite team anymore. Um, <laughs> mainly because of Mark Shifley and what happened last year. Now you knew, look, I think the media made this more of a storyline than it had to be because Jake Evans has said for a while, he's over it. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's he doesn't good. want to talk about it. Wants to worry about his game. The Habs won that. They won by – they said what they wanted to say by sweeping the Jets, okay? But they asked Mark Shifley because he knew they would. And Mark Shifley said that – I think what he meant to say was, if Evan wa- Evans wants to fight me, I will drop the gloves. What right? a fucking like, loser. <laughs> I, I, get, I get what he's saying, though, because it's like if Evans did want to – like, I, I think – the benefit of the doubt, okay? But like it's it came out as him calling Evans out a little bit. Yeah, it, Evans it is came five, off real pompous and cocky. And Mark Shifley's a big guy. Evans is five eleven. Like Mark Shifley's six foot four. And the end of the game, somehow, somehow, some way, Mark Shifley scored two goals and had three points that game, and he still came out of it looking like a fucking loser. Okay, <clears throat> and. <laughs> You're up three goals. He just couldn't with, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you're up three goals with five minutes left. You're running around the ice, being an idiot. Just like, I guess he must have been chirping too. He's cocky. And then to fight Chris Weidman, of all people, and get, by the way, get fucking slammed to the ice. He lost. 
Yeah. Chris Weidman is five foot nine, and you're six four, Mark Shifley. And he got taken down to the ice, and he's pumping up the crowd. Like, I don't even know where to begin with that. But first of all, you're a pussy for coming after Chris Weidman. Secondly, the refs gave Weidman the instigator, and I don't, I don't even really want to talk about it that much, but oh my God, they must have missed their quota for penalty calls in February <laughs> because that was fucking brutal last night on both ends. Mm-hmm. Third, if you lose a fight like that to a guy that is that much smaller, don't pump up your crowd. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't Chris kneel it on the way out with the, the yeah, like you're the you game like so far out of reach. For the Habs, you know, like the momentum's definitely shifted. Another two, what was it? Two, three goals have been let in. Uh, I think, honestly, though, if there was 10 more minutes left in that game, I think the Habs would have tied it. <laughs> like that's the momentum but, sw- shifter? Yeah. I, like, no, let's I fucking think beat his ass again. After that, Montreal was playing phenomenally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then so Anderson came out after and they were asking him about it. And I can't remember I'm off the top of my head. I should have had it pulled up his exact quote, but it was along the lines of um, he didn't like what Shifley had to say and none of the Habs room did. And he, he said, and the one part I remember, I think he was talking about, fuck. ah, here it is quote. I thought I thought Weidman did a good job stepping up, and then he said some stuff. "Quote: We didn't like the reaction of what Shifley did towards the end of the game. It's a good thing we play them more times this year." And it continues. It, it continues. <laughs> the great continue. The great rivalry continues now. I think that shows leadership, though, because I think Habs fans going into this, and I said it the night before I be- or believe, I don't know if I said it on Twitter, I might've said it on the podcast, if Ben Sherratt breaks his hand off Shifley's skull, <laughs> like I'm going to be really, I'm going to cry. <laughs> right. Cause we need to get that first round pick, but I think the Habs showed and Anderson, especially cause he's been, you know, we don't like him fighting, but he's willing. I think he's fought more since he's gotten here than any other guy. And I think he showed great restraint. They didn't really go after Shifley, but now he's saying, look, if you're going to do that, you know, we're going to hold you accountable. And I love that he came out and said that uh, he seems to be taking on kind of a good filling the void of Tyler to Really? I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. And yeah, it's kind of the elder statesman on that line. And I just love that response. I think that's captain material and I'm mm-hmm. not, sh- I'm sure a lot of fans are going to disagree. I think Suzuki would be a great captain. Suzuki makes sense. But I do think, and it may sound a little odd, but the position Montreal's in where, look, they could be drafting Shane Wright. Suzuki makes sense because he's going to be your number one center. But if they draft Shane Wright, that's just not the case, right? So I think if we are going to draft that high, we're going to get a Logan Cooley, a Slavkowski, a Shane Wright. Making Anderson your captain is not a horrible idea either. And if he can continue to display the leadership and the skill that he's been putting on display lately... I'd be very okay with him being our guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he fits the bill too. Uh, like following Shea Weber, it's another guy that plays a very hard, a hard nose style of game. I mean, he's not going out there and trying to crush everybody, but 
He means business when he's on the fucking ice. Uh, he just has like that stoic, you know, I'm only going to hold you accountable. Exactly. Like, uh, and I think, I think this is a good transition. I wouldn't be upset if I saw it. No, definitely. And uh, I know, I know some people, some people are definitely gonna be upset. I mean, people were shitting on him all last year and he was our saving grace many a nights. And granted, you know, I didn't think he could pass for fuck for fuck all, you know, but I think I think it's of what's left with this team. I think he he holds a high, especially with Foley being gone now. I think he holds a very strong chance at being someone that I could I could be happy with standing behind, you know. I think it's very funny. Some of the people on Twitter I've seen praising Josh Anderson when they were the same people <laughs> that were shitting all over him parts of last season and early into this season. But yeah, I love Josh Anderson. I think he's a guy that you should keep on this team. And I think the other guy you should keep on this team, and this is controversial, are Terry Lekkinen, your guy that you were just speaking about. I don't know if you had any more to that thought you were talking about earlier, if you want to finish that. Oh, just but let's uh, start talking about this. Guy. Yeah. Um, great segue. <clears throat> no, uh, beautiful fucking goal. And it looked, it was, it was literally how we played last season. Quick turnovers, uh, really, really frustrating the offense early on too, like right in the neutral zone, right when they enter it uh, and a lucky, a lucky break. I saw it and I was like, okay, this is now the game to watch. You know, I called my cousin. I was like, whatever fucking game you're watching, turn it to fuck off. The Habs are down by one goal. They just turned this motherfucker around. This is worth the watch now. Uh, but beautiful goal. Uh, great ability to – I think he he stopped it off of his skate or something. They tried to get it in between his legs or past him, um, and he just faltered for a second, was able to block the block the pass and just take it take it back Um, i think it was what he's shown lately is that he's playing the way he played in his rookie season where he he's finishing right like he's finishing plays and stuff that you expect him to finish and mr finish (laughs) (laughs) look i i don't think that um lekkanen is a first line player but um, analytically, he's a complete outlier this season. Um, for those of you that follow Jay Fresh on Twitter, you may have seen. In terms of, I think it was X goals for whatever. He's basically, it's a stat that shows whether you're good purely offensively, but you lack defensively, or you're really good defensively, but nothing really happens offensively. Or if you're just horrible on both ends of the ice, so it's a, it's a, it's a, um, what's the word? It's a graph with four. It's a quad graph. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you're on the top, right, it means that you do both. Well, well, there are a bunch of halves that are in the top left, which means they're really good offensively, but they maybe lack a little defensively, uh, Caulfield, Suzuki, Toffoli, they're all there. There's some guys that are just horrible. Mike Hoffman is one of the worst forward forwards in the league this year. And there's some guys that are pretty good defensively, like Jake Evans, but most of the Habs players, due to the fact that we've been doing horribly this year, aren't doing too hot. And then there's Arturi Lekkanen, who is 
on his own planet, one of the most two-way dominant forwards in the NHL this year. Uh, Jay Fresh saying he's never seen anything like that. Now, I don't put all of my faith in analytics, as we know, but I think our Lekkonen's play this year backs it up. Um, Corey, I'm going to pose this question to you because it's certainly how I feel. Looking at the way Lekkonen's playing, he's 25, maybe just turned 26. He's going to be an RFA. Um, this season so he still has a year of rfa we can qualify him we have him under control he cannot walk okay mm-hmm. he is dominant defensively look are we always gonna look at like Kenan and say hey i just wish he could finish a little more you know we're always he's gonna tease us with it if he can put 15 goals in the back of the net maybe he can start putting 20 we'll be happy but he is who he is and what he is is one of the most dominant five on five um third to second line players in the nhl he just he is he's got those stats he Mm -hmm. when he's on the ice good things happen and i wonder are the the price is allegedly around a first round pick we've heard he could be the blake coleman of a few years ago is a first round pick from 20 to 32 going to turn into a better player than arturi lekkanen and I'll be honest, Corey, I'm really not sold that they that they would. They could, but I love Ryan Paling. Ryan Paling was drafted 25th overall. If he plays on the second line for us, I will be shocked. He's a third-line scorer. I think Lutkinen is better than a third-line scorer. So, I don't know. I'm just wondering what your thought is on this. Because, yes, I agree with people. We should get him sell high while his value is high. For most players... Petrie even, Sherratt included. You should sell those guys high. But with Lekkinen, I think with his age, with his contract status, I just I think he's young enough and good enough that you're going to lose any trade that you make regardless of what you get for Arteri Lekkinen. Okay, I think that's fair. Uh, Lekkinen's 26, like you said. Uh, I think the only way that would leave people that are a little bit more knowledgeable about it. He, it would have to be like a guaranteed top 10 pick and it would have to be someone. I mean, there, there's too many, no there's, one, no there's one's going to trade that, right? Like, exactly. There's too many variables that turn it into a tough situation. We can, we can have someone, you know, 11 through what 31, uh, I mean, 32 it's, it's just not going to work, and I think it's too big of a risk. Um, and <clears throat> the goal that we, you know, that had us started talking about Arturi Lekkinen was the perfect example of what we talked about not that long ago about how he's phenomenal, you know, five and five defensively. If we see him finishing a little bit more. Oh my God, we've, you know, we've got like a left wing young, you know, not as I'd say right below like a Philip Deneau. Um, and that that could, you know, that could upset a lot of people, but I feel like we lost two of our best defensive forwards for no good reason. And yeah, fucking six games ago. 
I was ready to move on from everybody. And our Terry Lekkinen in the past five games has had three goals, you know, uh, in the – well, actually, the last fucking two games has been three goals. Um, I don't see why we should uh, should even, like, think about it. Now, well, I don't, I don't want to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm just trying to come up with it off the top of my head. But I don't want to see us lose a very strong uh, defensive player right after we just lost to that really crumbled this fucking team. Um, I don't think he's going to come and get put on the, you know, the top line or a line that turns into what the Denoke Gallagher – Tatar line was where we were just the best against five on five for the, you know, for years. But I think he's got something that a lot of people in the league want. That's why he's, you know, he's, you know, rumored to be, to go for like a first over, you know, or a first round pick. I think if Gordon and Hughes really, really delve and look into this, this is someone I don't think we can move from. I think he holds too much weight and, and, and like a really good swing type of player, right? offensive and defensively, he can be there for us. You know, maybe he's not, maybe he's not seeing things, you know, in the back of the net. But fuck, with the right person, he might become a really, really talented assist guy. Um, I mean, he's got ten goals, thirteen assists this season. I think he's too valuable of a player to really move on if he gets moved. I'll be upset, but I just hope that in return we get a really stout player and, and a nice draft pick with it. But I think if you're trading Dano, you need to trade for a prospect and a and a pick, not a first round and a B like a B prospect. Mm-hmm. Like you need a good prospect. Now, one of my buddies is a big Colorado Avalanche fan, and he's salivating at the thought of getting Lekkinen. Lekkinen scored last night. He sent me the video of it. He said, "Gimme." <laughs> right <laughs> you want some now that's a team if they get lacking in they win the cup okay <laughs> like that they he'd be perfect and there are a few teams like that that yeah they're gonna come after lacking and so if they're overpaying for lucky you absolutely. gotta move on but if you're think, not if you're if you're if you're the top office people and you're just getting just enough to feel qualified for it i don't think you budge on it if I no think, one's really willing to sell the fucking house for this kid who's been playing terrific, I don't think it's time. I think you have to be realistic, and I just think that Colorado's first round pick won't satisfy me, right? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's not—it's not gonna be a top one. This it's isn't, not gonna be a this top isn't pick. the Matt Duchesne era, exactly. And they have other things I'd rather have. They have Justin Barron, a phenomenal defensive prospect. They have Drew Hellison, another phenomenal defensive prospect. They have, uh, I can't say his name, Be- Bellers, okay? Another mm-hmm. great, they have a lot of defense, okay? They don't need, right? Because <laughs> they've got <laughs> Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, Bowen Byram. Yeah, their prospects are like, Devon, Devon Taves, Eric Johnson. Right. They've got they've got their guys. Mm-hmm. Those, and look, all three of those guys project to be NHLers. So yeah, a prospect, great. But realistically, any forward you draft 20 to 32 is probably going to be 
and, and let's be honest, it's more like 25 to 32. I'm being generous there, right? If Lekkonen's going to a team, it's going to mm-hmm. be Vegas, Colorado, whatever. There, It's going to project to be a guy who is either he, – he might make the NHL, but he's not going to be a superstar, most likely. And you can say, oh, Sebastian Ajo went in the second round. So-and-so went this. So-and-so went that. That's fine. But the draft – shouldn't be played as gambling as okay we have a lot of pieces we can take shots but it is a game of numbers as well and statistically those guys turn into your third line your fourth line guys most players in the nhl are first round draft picks right (laughs) like most fourth line guys are first round failed first round draft picks quote-unquote failed so i think our terry lekkanen too given his age He's a guy you can build off of because we spoke last episode about how we don't think this rebuild is going to take five years, right? Like no one wants that. If it took five years, Lekkonen's 31. And given the way he plays and the style he plays, I don't think he's going to be declining realistically, right? Like mm-hmm. if that's, if you're starting to win, then Lekkonen's if he was a high flying guy like Josh Anderson, I understand people's concerns, but he's not. <laughs> he's a intelligent player who relies on his stick work and his brain. He's not particularly fast. He's not slow, but it's like he that's only going to get better with time. And yeah, I just think if you're if your hope is that Lekkanen was going to be traded for a first round pick. I hope we've kind of convinced you otherwise, because I just don't think that a low round first first is that valuable, especially in this year's draft. Well, here's another thing. And I'm just, I'm just looking on daily face off. I'm just looking at our lines right now. Mike Hoffman and Brendan Gallagher, Brendan Gallagher will probably be around a lot longer than Mike Hoffman. Who knows? Arturi Lekkanen, was a slump you know he i don't want to call him a bust because i don't think he truly was he had a tough way right but he's been stuck on like third fourth line and i'm I'm not saying bump him up to the first line but there's no real player that i'm looking at on these lines right now yeah maybe there's a there's a, a prospect coming up but he's gonna take time there's no one really in front of Lekkanen that can challenge soon. Like this whole Rem Pitlick, Jake Evans, Arturi Lekkanen line. You know, Mike Hoffman probably not going to be here much longer. Dolphin, who knows? You know, he's kind of had a, a tough a tough go of it. Brendan Gallagher is your only obstacle. But I mean, this third line by the by the end of this season. You know, starting the next one could be our second line. Our Terry Lekkanen could finally not have enough key members in front of him that forces him to have a bottom role on this team and get to excel and, and have more of a sh- more of a shot again. I'll and be honest with you. What's up? I don't see that. I know on paper it's our third line. I think that's our second line. Yeah, phenomenally. Yeah. Like we haven't really spoken about the chemistry that that line's developed. Pitlick, Evans, and Lekkanen mm-hmm. have been phenomenal together. And we've seen it with Lekkanen's recent offensive outburst. 
And even Evans and Pitlick seem to connect a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot with um, it's just, I think Evans usually passing to Pitlick, even maybe not so much. Um, what do you want to say? Uh, I think the word uh, goals, like uh, when Pit- Pitlick got that penalty shot, that's where I was looking for. Yeah. That was a pass from Evans and mm-hmm. They've just been really, really good with kind of working together, pressing the offense of the other team, being hot, good on the forecheck. I'm like throwing this up as is, I'm trying to speak here. But. This is reminiscent of last year's fourth line when Jake Evans finally got going. Like they connected instantly and made tremendous – turnaround plays which is what we saw last night and i know that's a that's a far-fetched example but um <clears throat> so be it if they are the second line if, if they're you know if we're actually you know like they're getting more minutes they're they're actually a truer second line our terry Lekkonen has never really had a line that high up that he's connected with and i don't see this three you know three goals in two games to really slow down. I don't think he's going to score every fucking game, but I think he's going to, we're going to see a really big change in his offensive game. We know his five on five on five defensively, but with this line, it's, it's almost like his lucky charm right now. And why would we deny ourselves of a really strong two way player that's really found himself again and is starting to produce, produce offensively one of the best players on our team. No, I agree. Tough. And I'm not I, I'm not going to ex- – I don't have a say in it, but I, I would be very upset if we have anything out of a top 10 pick. And I just realistically we're not going to get a top 10 pick for him because, one – Yeah, it's uh, not going to be a, a challenging team. He's not worth gonna it give us that. Yeah. either. Let's be honest. He's not worth okay, a top true. 10 pick. Um, and also, what team – is going to trade a top 10 pick for a rental archer. Like it's right. not going to happen. Yeah. I just think that our Terry Lekkonen, despite all the, you know, the talk and stuff that I've had in myself and a lot of people on Twitter, maybe they don't see it this way, but me, I feel like I'm a changed man. I feel like I see something in our Terry Lekkonen that I'm not willing to let go of anymore. I saw it before and I was like, okay, but this team fucking sucks. And things have to happen. I think at this point, I'm like, he's kind of one of the key members that needs to stick around now. Yeah. He's no, given yeah. himself a great fucking, you know, shot as to why he should. Um, but yeah, that's that's my uh, glorious rant on please don't trade our Terry Lekkonen. Yeah, and I think... I've uh, been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll do it for today, too. No, absolutely, yeah. You're talking, about Deneau. You're talking about Dino. Talking about Dino. One last funny thing to mention: Dino's on pace for 26 goals this year. So because he fucking deserves it. And last year was a fluke, and it really wasn't even that bad. He had a great season. <laughs> Let's just remember: hopefully, they're willing to pay someone what they deserve, and even pay him a half a million more to stick around. Uh, Folks, thank y'all so much. This has been Habs Nightly. We hope you guys had a great episode with us and having an even better weekend uh, starting off. But as always, you can find us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. 
and uh, Mardi Gras over. I can sleep a little easier now. We survived the possible next pandemic crisis of New Orleans. But anyway, this is Habs Nightly. You guys have a great weekend. We can't wait to talk to you guys in the morning. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.